Welcome to the Faith Renewed Podcast. I'm Pastor Terry Rogers, and I want to thank you for listening to this message. If you want to learn more about Faith Renewed, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. Come on, really am. If this is your first time with us, at Faith Renewed Church. We are so, so, so honored, blessed to have you. Let our first-time guests know you love them. Come on. Amen. Well, we're so glad you're here. And you, maybe it's your first time even joining us at home. We love our online family. We love it better when you're here. But, man, we are so thankful for you as well. If you're new here, click the New Here link and let us know where you're hanging out at. If you're just a part of our online family, comment, say hello to us. Love to hear from you. But, uh, again, it's just a good day to be in God's house. Again, I'm so glad. I'm glad to be. I'm glad my voice is here. It was not working a couple of days ago. So uh, I'm so thankful it is here and uh, made it through 9 a.m. Looking forward to sharing the word with you again in 11. So who brought a Bible to church? Come on. Yeah. Yeah. If you got yours, turn with me to Genesis chapter 22. Genesis chapter 22. Shouldn't be hard to find that one. Amen. Right there in the beginning if you're looking. And um, if you are... uh, a digital Bible version user, you can click actually on that app there as well if you didn't bring your Bible. So click on version, then more, then events, and you'll actually see this message. And so uh, I'd love for you to follow along there and save that, share it. Um, great ways, again, to get God's Word out and about. Amen? But if you are new here, we love this book. We believe it's true. Amen. We believe it's living and active, and it's God's holy Word to us. And so... It's with his grace, help of the Holy Spirit, we can live it out. Amen? Well, if you have Genesis 22, say, I have it. Come on, I love it. Well, I'm going to read a little bit of a lengthy passage. Uh, I don't think it's possible to get too much Bible in you. I don't think that's... But uh, I do want to. I do kind of want to share a, uh, this whole story here and then kind of a little bit of a context. Kind of didn't want to pull it out. I was going to read two verses in opening, and I was like... That might scare somebody. If I just read just two verses from this story alone, it may mess with you. So uh, I want to read the whole thing. So uh, Genesis chapter 22 starts in verse 1, and it says, Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham. And Pastor Bill shared that we can, Lord wants us to test him in our giving. And so he tests us. Amen. And so uh, he, he said that he tested Abraham and said to Abraham, and he said, here I am. Then he said, take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I shall tell you. See why you can't just pull out one or two verses out of this one? Woo, okay. And uh, so Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose, went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and say this word with me. Worship. Whew. One more time. Say it. Worship. This is good. 
and we will come back to you. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering, laid it on Isaac, his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father. And he said, Here I am, my son. Then he said, Look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two, the, the two of them went together. What a beautiful picture. Then they came to the place of which God had told him, and Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac, his son, laid him on the altar upon the wood, and Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. He calls you twice. He's serious. Come on. Amen. So he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God. Since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. Then Abraham called the name of the place, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. Come on, somebody say provided. Amen. We're talking about Jehovah Jireh today, the Lord, our provider. Amen. Can we talk to him together? Would you join me in this prayer? Father, we love you. We are so, so, so honored, humbled to be in your presence, to open your word, to spend time in it today, God. And I just pray you will speak clearly today in the name of Jesus. And may we all hear and receive and obey and receive the blessing from you. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Turn around two more people and just say, I really am glad you're here. I mean it. Come on, tell them that. Come on. Amen. Well, this is a beautiful story. Again, if you don't know the, the full context, all that's happening here, it can kind of be one of those stories that can mess with you a little bit. And, uh, but I believe there are some powerful, powerful truths that we can receive from this story just straight from the pages. I believe it's so powerful and a wonderful story, but it's also a foreshadowing of an even bigger picture about a son who comes and actually fulfills by going all the way to the cross and lays his life down and gives his life for us. And that name Jesus, amen. And we love him so much and we want to make him known in every way that we can. But today I want to talk to you. We're in a series, if you don't know, if you're new here, it's called Jehovah. You can see that there on the screen. But Jehovah is the one true God. Amen. So that's who we're speaking of. When we talk about Jehovah, we're talking about the one true God. There may be many little gods, but there's only one true living God today. And we believe again, he is the one almighty Jehovah God. And so we've been seeing in scripture, learning some Hebrew along the way, seeing some names that not are only just names of God, but they reveal the nature and character of God. 
And I'm telling you, man, I, I'm, just, I'm falling more in love with him. I just am, man. It just learning about him and who he is and looking back at some of these Old Testament stories about how he's being, who he is and how he's revealing himself to us. I'm just, again, so thankful. If you've missed any message, I encourage you, go back, check those out. They're on all the platforms where you can find that. But last week, I shared with you a Jehovah name of God, and it was Jehovah our sanctifier. And if you, if you weren't here, Jehovah our sanctifier is the one who wants to set us apart for a work for him to do. Amen? How, how many, I still believe that God is calling his church into holiness. Amen? And to be set apart. Again, not legalism, but to holiness and to love and to walk with him because he has a purpose for your life. Amen? I, I know we're in Jehovah Jireh, but I want to reference one more time Jehovah Makadish, the one who is our sanctifier because he has a specific purpose for you to do today. Amen? I'm telling you, there's not one person in here who's an accident, a mistake. Now, come on, listen, you're, you're not something that just happened and shut up. God put you here for a divine purpose. He has a call on your life. He has a plan and a purpose for you to do. Amen? And so he is the one who sanctifies you. I love Jehovah, and he is so good. But today, we're talking about Jehovah Jireh. Amen? This is probably one of those more popular names today, and uh, and as I look back upon my life, this is one like the others, but I could tell you story after story after story of God being a provider in my life. And I could pass this mic around to some of you guys and you could tell a far greater story about how God has shown up in your situation and been a provider for you when you needed him. And so I love it. So I want to talk about him today, Jehovah Jireh, but I don't want to do what kind of can happen when you talk about Jehovah Jireh and being a provider. I believe a lot of times we can have a tendency to just go to the place of just monetary value when we're talking about that. Maybe just, just place finances kind of in that category. But I believe this. I believe God wants to provide for you and bring great greater provision in every and all areas of your life. Amen? And so I don't want us to just get set on finances when I'm talking about that today, but I don't want us to exclude it either. Come on. I don't want you to miss the blessings that God has for you financially, emotionally, spiritually, in the relationships. I've just watched Jaira just keep showing up in my life because that's what he will do. And so I want to talk today, and again, I could tell stories, you could too, but I want to talk about the story that we read today, that we see here. We, we see two guys mentioned, Abraham and his son named Isaac. Now, Abraham is a well-known character in the scriptures. Um, well, no, he is the father of our faith, as you will see in scripture. We, we, uh, we learned songs about Abraham. He had his own song, bro. When we were growing up, come on, how many learned Father Abraham? Come on. Come on, anybody, church, any church kids in here, y'all know what I'm talking about. Woo. Come on, break it. Come on, worship team, come back up here. We're going to sing. The, no, we won't do that. But... Father Abraham, and again, has his own song. I love it. Uh, and I have a tendency to do this. I have a tendency in the scripture, or when I teach this passage, I'll just talk about Abraham a lot of times. There's been times I've kind of zeroed in on Isaac and his sacrifice too, he makes. And there's been times when I look just at Jireh himself. Now, I really want to, my hope today is this. When I share this passage, I want us to look and see, a, a, really get a more clear picture of Jireh being the provider in our life, and I also want us to see what Abraham does here. 
what Isaac is willing to do. I want to look at these guys because I believe there are some powerful truths because, listen, in these stories, we're reading these stories, but listen, when we're talking about God showing up on the backside of a desert, speaking to Moses and calling him out to go rescue a whole generation, that story wasn't just about Moses. It was about what God wants to call your name and call you out of and set you, even if you're in a desert place today, call you out of that situation and cause you to walk into the purpose that he has for your life. I mean, I love it. And so, again, we're seeing things like the story of Gideon, man. I mean, how many knows he wants to use you to be raising up an army and be a part of, of walking in and setting people? Man, just so much here. And this story is not just about Abraham today. This story is about you. This story is about me, and there's things here that we can draw from this. And so as we look at this, in the story, I I wish we just had time to go through all of the life of Abraham, and maybe we will study him one day in maybe greater detail. But you can look back. If if you look back maybe around chapter 15, you will see where God reveals himself to him, takes him outside, tells him to look up into the stars, into the sky, and he says the whole number of, of, of you stars that you see in the sky, your descendants are going to be greater than what you see in front of you. That's wild stuff. Now, he said this to Abraham when Abraham was old. When Abraham had no children, when uh, he had a wife who was barren, and he does, he does what can happen so many times. He tried to take that situation and make that happen on his own. If you can read the story, go to Genesis 16. You will see and you can read about how he really messes this thing up. But I love it just because he messed it up. God wasn't finished with him. He shows up and his name used to be called Abram. He goes ahead and gives him a whole new name. And that's what God does for you. He gives you a new life in him. And so again, this is such a cool story. But what I love here, we find ourselves now where it comes to the place of covenant that Abraham is in with God. And so he asked him, after again the provision is given, the promise had been given to, to Isaac, he refers had a son named Ishmael. Go read that story. But then he has the promised son named Isaac. Now, this is where we find ourselves in this story. And I love it. He makes a decision, and he's making choices, Abraham is, that don't just affect Abraham. You start seeing in the scriptures, you'll start hearing a generational blessing being released. And they start speaking generationally. You start seeing the name and hearing the name Abraham followed by Abraham, Isaac, who else? Jacob, amen. You start hearing it generationally. And this is what's, I love this story that we see here, a picture of the decisions you make today don't just affect you. Come on, the the decisions you're making today don't just affect, they affect your children, your grandchildren, the next generations, whether that's physically, whether that's a spiritual generation of spiritual, spiritual kids that you're pouring into. When you do this, you make these choices, you make these decisions, it flows down. Now, I love it. I have been, I'm tremendously blessed to be kind of what I would say in the, in the fall of things, to be in the Isaac role when it comes to the generational blessing over our family. I had a father who followed Jesus, who came to Christ, who gave his heart to the Lord and was serious about his walk, and David was his name. And so David 
Terry and walked in a blessing because of David. And I, take, and I love it. And I'm seeing Adam and my kids walk in a blessing now because of choices I've made. Amen. But this is what's cool. And I'm, I love when the Lord shows us things like this in Scripture. This is what we're seeing. So I'm going to take a moment because I want to celebrate and honor what God's doing in this house. And I love it. We're seeing men who didn't have an Abraham become that in their life. Amen. Who are making choices and decisions that are now affecting generations below them. Can we honor some people today right now in this house who are making choices, who are breaking generational curses and turning them into blessings? We're seeing that happen. Now, in this story, we see Abraham start the process. Now, what he does is this. He, he starts to process, and it releases over him the name Jireh. Now, this means, again, that he is today our provider. And so I want to share a few things with you this morning. So these are in your notes. They'll be on the screen. But I want to share a few things with you this morning that from this story just like have to be talked about, and I think we need to grab from this. And, and the, one of the first things that I love about this story is that we see that God is a giver. Amen? God is a giver. Uh, it, it's important how you see God and that you see him correctly. I, I really believe it's why this series is, is critical right now for this church. I believe it's helping us see Get a better picture of who God is. Amen. I believe it's helping us see him more clearly. So when we see this, it makes a big difference how you receive him. Because if you see him the wrong way, you will never be able to receive from him as you should. I heard a saying one time. It was a pastor speaking to other pastors. And he said, how you perceive determines how you receive. And I was like, whoo, that's pretty good. And, that, and, and it's, it's important. And it was talking about, he was using within the context that sometimes pastors in their own homes are not perceived as men of God because they're not living it at the house also. That was pretty heavy. <laughs> Wasn't a whole lot of amens during that part of that message. But, but I, I want to say this. It's so true across the board. If you don't see God this morning and have, have the right perception of him, you're not going to be able to receive from him. And so when we say things, and even when we say, I don't know why God took them or why God did this, and, and, and we need to see this from Scripture today, that God is a giver. He is. I mean, that's who he is. We see in Scripture probably one of the most popular passages of all time. In John chapter 3, verses 16, and make sure you include 17 when you read 16. It's such an important passage. I love this. I love this. We, uh, this is what we read. It says, Jesus speaking, he said that for God so loved the world, amen, that he gave his only begotten son. Come on, he gives, and he is a giver. Though whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be, somebody, saved. Amen? Why? Why? Because he is a giver. That's what he does. That's who he is. And so if you see him as up there trying to take from you, you'll never give to him, and especially you won't give to him in the right heart. Oh, man, so I want you to see him as a giver this morning. When we're talking about Jireh, when him, we're talking about him wanting to be that provision for you, that truly is one of his things. That is one of the things this morning he wants to do is to give to you. 
And his, I'm telling you, what he gives is always greater. Amen. And so, again, what he wants to give to you. So that's who God is. That's, that's what he does. And so, again, if, if maybe this morning, and I, I've walked with people through some difficult seasons, and, and sometimes we use the terms like, man, why, why did God take? And I, I'm seeing different because God's a giver. He's Jireh. He's a provider. This is the beauty of this. Like when someone like knows Christ, they're never taken from us. Amen. They are there in heaven so we can go be with them. And God is giving to them and giving us an opportunity to have eternal life with him and even with them. Amen. And so, again, it's just who he is. And I can tell you, I won't because, again, we'll be here a while. But I can tell you a story after story after story of God giving. And I mean so many, relationally. Like, I mean, just, God, I need this type of person in my life. And God's like, let me, let me give you that person. There, you're here. There, many of you are like, you're in this place because like, we were praying, God, we need this type of person at Faith or New Church to help fulfill the vision that you've placed upon this house. We need these people. And God, which, and, and God's like, yeah, hold on. Here you go. Let me give you these people. And it is just incredible what God's building here. Why is he doing it? He's a giver. And I want you to see him in that light today. So, again, he's not going to take anything from you. But when you give to him, God will always give back to you so much more. But it's who he is. Number one, he is a giver. Tell your neighbor in case they're wondering. Say, God is a giver. God is a giver. Amen. Number two, this is how he gives. This is what happens. And this is from the Bible. So we can't get mad at Pratt Pastor this morning. We have to, we have to get mad at Scripture. It is, it is, this is what happens for us. It is obedience that opens the door. Come on, amen. God's a giver, and he wants to give to you, but it is obedience that opens the door for God to give into our life. And so, again, this is what we see over and over and over in Scripture. We saw that first verse, that first passage. He said that this is a test. I don't know about you. I'm not a big fan of tests, amen. Never have been, but, man, they're important, and they're important to recognize. And you know that every day you get up, there's going to be a test? There will be. And so, again, there's obedience that when we walk in that, it releases for us a blessing. And I'm telling you, so much would change if we just obeyed God. Yeah. Simple, but so true. And I'm, I'm praying, I love to pray, like, man, God, give us something new in you, something, give it, just go, I believe in the prophetic, I believe in all the gifts, I believe in all of those things, I mean, I believe in all of it, but sometimes God just wants us to do what he's already said for us to do, amen? Just go ahead and do this, and I'm going to go ahead and pour out this, but walk in obedience, and this is an area when he, when he wants us to do, he wants us to give ourselves to him, our whole life. And the reason he can ask that of us is because when he says things like take up your cross, it's because he took up a cross. Yeah. And when he talks about lay your life down, it's because he laid his life down for us. He gives and he asks us in return, walk in obedience. And there's many areas. And so again, I don't want you to label it to just finances, but make sure you don't miss it. He says to give to him. Now in, verse, in, in Luke chapter 6, Jesus speaking again, red letters. He says this, he says, give and it will be given to you. Obedience is what opens the door. He said, good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use it, it will be measured back to you. 
And I've seen it financially. I've seen it relationally. I have seen it physically when I give and sow some time in the gym and I went and I don't. Amen. And I've seen all the above. And obedience opens up a door for us to receive things that God has. Now, I believe this. There are three reasons I wrote this down. This is not in your notes. This is not going to be on the screen. And so, again, you've got to write this down and add this to your notes if you want it. But these are three reasons why I believe we should give. Number one is because we love him. You, you, you should give, first of all, if, because you love him. You should, again, give to him. And I, I've said this before. I, I believe you can give without loving. I believe that's possible. But I don't believe you can love without giving. And it flows across the board into our relationships, our family, our life. And, again, we should give out of love. Secondly, it's our point because we should give out of obedience. Just do it because, again, this is what he's asked us to do. So there's some areas we don't need a new prophetic word. We just do what the word says. When he says to tithe and when he says to give, when he says to serve, when he says to do these things, just say like, okay, I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to walk in this. And then thirdly, I give also because it produces a blessing in my life. I don't know about you. I want Jireh to show. I want Jireh to be my provider and bless me in every area. So, again, blessings come from giving. But it happens when we walk in obedience. Now, I, I, was, I went to Carolina High School um, in the 80s. Uh, and, again, I referenced my, the, the C-Train uh, often because, again, that was an important time of life. I see some C-Train in the house right back in the back. And I, I, and, and I, I, it was a teacher that I had there. His name was Mr. Wilson. Now, I don't know if y'all, yeah, somebody had him. <laughs> no, but, but Mr. Wilson uh, was, was a teacher of mine, and he did something. It was pretty cool. He did something every week, every week at the end of the week. Didn't know this. I went into class like I typically do. I, I thought, you know, I didn't have the right mindset of school. You know, I just, you know, it was a struggle sometimes. I didn't have the right mindset, and, but I went into school, and I, was, I would try to do things, again, my way, not always walk in obedience as I should have, and um, don't do that. Anybody who's wondering where that leads you? Principal's office, home, uh, you know, a lot of places. Uh, back then, paddlings, I mean, all that good stuff back in the day. And, uh, but Mr. Wilson did something at the end of every week. At the end of every, every, every week on Friday, he would come up and he pulled out, and I said, this is happened week one, and I was like, man, this is wild. He pulled out a little pack of M&Ms, and he gave out at the end of the week the Citizenship of the Week Award. And, man, it was every week he would get up, he would say something special about that person. He would say, man, this is great. This is about them, so-and-so, so-and-so. He would call them up, and he would say, man, this is the citizenship of the week. Give yourself a round of applause for so-and-so. And he would give them a pack of M&Ms. Now, y'all got to remember, now, back in the day, we weren't able to carry food around, drinks around. If y'all remember, man, you get in trouble for having stuff, you know, back in the back, again, a long time ago. But, but so there was a, this was a, this was a very special thing. I went a long time, and I never got M&Ms. Come on, Lamont. I went. It was a mighty long time. I just man, and I like M&Ms. I mean, I enjoyed them, and I and I had never received the citizenship of the week award. 
me out. It's your own fault, bro. You should have been doing, you know, I should have been. Because this is what happened. I realized something. I, I realized that some things needed to change, and it wasn't Mr. Wilson. It was Mr. Rogers. And this is what I did. I realized, like, man, you know something? All he's asking is these things. And it wasn't unrealistic. He wasn't asking too much. He was asking for us to have order in his class, honor him, and he would pour that to us as well to show respect for one another. He would do all those things, and he never asked anything that wasn't something that I should have already been doing. And so I did something. About halfway through the year, you know something? I'm going to change what I'm doing. And I started doing things differently. And so I was like, man, you know, surely one of these days, man, I'm going to be called up onto the, to the front of the room, man, and I'm going to win the Citizenship of the Week Award. <laughs> Never happened. <laughs> but at the end of the year, he did something. This was super cool, man. At the end of the year, he did this. He brought out one of the biggest packs of M&Ms I have ever seen in my entire life. And he says, man, what I want to do right now is give out the citizenship of the year. And so I'm sitting there thinking, man, not a chance is this going to happen. For I couldn't even get a weekend, much less a year award. And he starts talking about a guy who came to his classroom causing trouble and disrupting. And he called about a guy who was walking in disobedience. He said, this guy changed. And again, Mr. Wilson never changed. He didn't need to. I needed to change. And so he began to talk about this guy. And I'm like, first part's definitely me. I was walking in. Maybe I got it. That's it. And then, and then he, he went on. I was like, nah. And he said, I want you to put your hands together for our citizenship of the year, Mr. Terry Rogers. And it was, rah. I had more friends that day when bought some M&Ms from me than I'd ever experienced before. Man, it was crazy. They all loved me that day. But it was wild. What was he asking? Obedience. Simple, but not, nothing, nothing, nothing crazy. Just obedience. And this is what God wants to do. God's got some far greater M&Ms, and I like those. But he's got some far greater for you, and it's a blessing. And what he wants you to do is just walk in obedience. And number three, this is what happens. Our receiving starts... With releasing. That makes no sense in the natural. But our receiving starts with releasing. And so because God had a promise for, for Abraham, he said, I want you to see the entire set of stars up above, and I want to pour that into your life, but it will never happen if you hold on to Isaac. And so many of you are missing Jireh because you're trying to hold on to Isaac. Amen. And so you have to be willing to give everything over. And so, again, we do what he did here. You release that. And how do you do it? You release that by faith. So the areas that you're holding on to this morning, maybe it's not money you're holding on to. Maybe it's pride that you're hanging on to this morning that you need to release today. Maybe it's your way of trying to figure it out like Abraham, trying to do it on your own. Whatever it may be, release that thing today so you can start receiving the things that God has for you. And how does that happen? It happens simply by faith. That means you have to trust God because this is what Abraham did. In Hebrews 11, Hebrews is a cool book. It, it helps you understand some of the stories you read in the old, like why that was happening, helps you get a bigger, clear, more clear picture sometimes. In Hebrews eleven seventeen, 17, it says, By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, 
offered up Isaac. How many knows God wasn't going to kill his son? Not that one. He had a son who was going to lay his life down. So he wasn't asking that of Abraham, but he was testing him and asking him to be able to release something so he could receive something greater. And so it says this, who had been received the promises offered up his only begotten son of whom it was said, in Isaac, your seed shall be called. Concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead from which he also received him in a figurative sense. So what was Abraham saying? Abraham was saying, I'm willing to lay everything down because if I lay him down, God will raise him back up again. He'll raise him from the dead if he has to because he trusted God that much. He had that much faith in God. And what I love was this. He looked at the guys at the bottom of the mountain. He said, y'all stay here. Me and the lad are going yonder to worship. And so he understood something so critical. He told them to stay there with the donkeys. King James uses another word right there. And, uh, and so again, he, he said, y'all stay here. And that's what's keeping a lot of people from the blessing. They're staying at the bottom of the mountain with the donkeys instead of walking up the hill and walking into the presence of Jireh and receiving all that he has for them. Amen. And so again, we have to be willing to release that. Now, fourthly, this is what happens. You have to see this, and it's critical. You have to see that giving is an act of worship. It's an act of worship. And so I'm talking about every aspect of giving in your life. I want you to see it as worship unto the Lord. I love it when, I get, when the guys come up and they're going to receive a tithes and offering. They, they'll use it. A lot of times you'll hear it. They're going to, they'll say things like, we're going to continue worshiping the Lord this morning with our giving, with our tithes and with our offering because our giving is an act of worship unto the Lord. I want you to see it again. You're not, you're not paying a bill when you give to the Lord. Amen. He's not the heavenly mafia, dude. He's not like, I'm going to come take you out, man. If you don't, he's, he's not going to come down and, and, and it's, it's not... I, I, even, I even sometimes lovingly correct folks when they say, I'm going to pay my tithes. And I'll say, you ain't paying it. The Bible says just to bring that and give it to them. What, what it, it's an act of worship unto the Lord. When you serve on a dream team, when you get involved, when you're giving your time, when you know what you're giving? You're giving worship unto the Lord. It's worship unto him. And, and, it's, and it's something that I love here that this church is getting the importance of worship. I'm telling you, man, the worship has changed and the spirit of God has shifted in this church over the last year or so. And it's because people are getting a revelation of Jehovah, getting a revelation of what worship will do. And they're giving God what he's deserving of and releasing it to him. And so we give to him. It is an act of worship. And I love it. God, he even uses this here. And when we see this in, in Genesis 22, 5, when Abraham says it to the other guys, Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship. It was a church service, a releasing and giving something to the Lord. Your time, your life, your fine. When you give to him, you're releasing to him worship to a God who's worthy of that. And so, again, I want you to see it. I want you to see him as a giver, and I want you to see yourself as when you're giving to him, 
that you're worshiping the Lord just as much, and it's just as much important as lifting up a hand, singing a song. I love it. I love our worship team is, is like understands it's more than playing an instrument. It's more than singing a song. It's honoring the Lord who is worthy, the Jairo who is sitting upon the throne, who is deserving of everything that we give to him in that time. And so we give to him. It's an act of worship unto the Lord. And Abraham knew that, and he did it, and he did it by faith. So when we give to the Lord, give it to him, and give to him by faith. And do it like this. Do it open-handedly unto the Lord. Again, so many times we try to keep our hands closed and hold on and try to do this and try to do this on our own. You know what God wants to do is just release it. Give to him, and he'll give back to you in every area of your life. When we give to him, it is an act of worship to him. And fifthly, this morning is huge, and I don't want you to miss it, is God will do this. He'll always give more. He will always give more than you give him. I promise you the exchange rate with the Lord, the currency of heaven, what happens when we give to God, the release that takes place. It's not one of those stock markets that you're going to play the odds and hope it works out. In your favor, I was talking about that the other day. I learned some things about options, and I learned all kind of stuff, words I didn't know. And, and it, was a, it was a great conversation. But, man, this is what we can do with the Lord. When we give to him, he gives back to us, and he will always give to you more. And I think about the things that I give him so many times. I give him my sin. I give him my screw-ups, my mess-ups. I gave him a messed-up young dude, and he gave me eternal life. And this morning, listen, what you give to him, we used to sing the, an old worship song when I was a youth pastor. Man, I'm trading my sorrows. Trading my pain. I'm trading those things. I'm, I'm li- and this is what happens when you trade it in, when you give it to the Lord. What he gives back to you is far greater than anything today because this is what he did. Abraham was willing to give Isaac, and God gave him the nations. God's wanting to release nations over this church. But when we open it up and give to him what he deserves, and he will release that into this house and give to us. And he gives us things like, again, salvation for our sin. Come on. I've given him sickness, and he's given me healing. Why? Because he took all of those things so he could give me eternal life. And so this morning, again, I want you to see this. When we give to him, the Lord gives to us, and he'll meet your need. And there's people who have needs in this room this morning. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. Love this passage. It says, And my God, my Jehovah, shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory. How? By Christ Jesus. I want you to see today what Christ did for you, the salvation that he brings, the victory that he gives to you, everything that's available for us. And this is, this is an I had never seen this. Lamont, I don't know if you've ever, ever saw this. I'm sure you probably have. But when I was looking up Jehovah Jireh, the meaning of it, again, it is the Lord our provider. But when you study that out, it is Jehovah sees. And I went, the Yahweh, he sees. And, it, and, go, and you can go back and read the passage again, understanding it with that, that, that mindset. God knows the end from the beginning. He knows, he knows all. But when he sees, when he sees it, it opens up a release from heaven. And read that, know again, the whole passage. When he saw 
that Abraham was willing to do these things. He released a ram in the thicket. Now, I don't know how all that worked. I don't know if, like, there was a ram going up one side while there was a, you know, Abraham and Isaac going up the other. But the obedience, the openness, the willingness released an answer for Abraham that day. Because God saw. And he just kind of spoke to my heart a little bit. It wasn't one of those like, oh, this is, I'm not trying to do that. But this is what I do know about my God. He sees today. He sees the faithfulness. He sees our struggles. He sees all those things. And he also sees this. He sees what you need today. And Jehovah Jireh will do more than enough. He'll do, he'll do greater than what you can imagine. I've asked our worship team this morning. I don't normally put in requests. I don't typically operate that way. But I asked them to sing and declare and release Jehovah Jireh, that song today, over this house. Because I believe there's going to be a release of that over your life right now. And I want to invite you to do this. Would you stand with me, please? And, and I want to invite you to do this. First of all, before we open up our altar, and I hope this morning that you'll do this. You'll do like Abraham and say, like, I'm going to go yonder and worship. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to stay here. I'm not calling you a donkey uh, person who you came to church with. Don't, don't call them that. <laughs> don't do that, especially if you're married. Not a good idea. But do this. Say, I'm going after what God has for me. I, w- I want to walk in obedience to what God has. But this is the greatest gift. And I always, I, I, I want to I be intentional about this. Every time we gather, I want to give an opportunity. We had two this morning who received the greatest gift that can ever be given from Jireh. That's eternal life and salvation in the name of Jesus. Praise God. And there may be some this morning. So I want to invite you, if you want, just bow your heads and just close your eyes. And I'm not going to call you out, put you out. But I want to know if I'm speaking to you right now and if God is speaking to your heart. And so, again, I'm not going to ask you to come down. and You're not going to have to do anything. You're going to have opportunities and again, to go deeper in that walk, take next steps. We're excited about that. But right now, it starts with this. The greatest gift you can ever receive is the gift of salvation. And it's only found in Jesus. I said in the beginning that this story was a foreshadowing of another story. And that other story I was speaking about is a father who was willing to give his son over. And a son who was willing to come and a son who came down from heaven and went up a mountain. I heard that, I don't know this, I'd love to get deeper into this. Most scholars say there was probably only hundreds of feet or yards that separated maybe the distance between where this took place and Mount Calvary. But what a picture today of a son who does this, a son who carries the wood, a son who lays his life down. The father didn't stop it that day. He allowed it to happen. And Jesus lays his life down on a cross for me and you. And the son, the son of God, Jesus, God in the flesh, gives his life for me and you. Why? So that this morning in this house, along with others who already know Jesus, you can receive the greatest gift that you could ever be given. It's called salvation. 
And so before I take another step and open up an altar, if that's you this morning, if you say this, if you'll say, man, I need to surrender my life to Jesus. I want to give my life to him. Maybe you've never done it. Maybe you're drifting away and you're so far from him. Man, listen, God loves you so much. And just like Abraham, when he messed it up, man, God went through with him and called him in and still used him to do great things. And God will do that in your life this morning as well. And so just right where you're standing, if that's you, maybe it's you at home right now. If that's you, please let us know. But in this room right now, you're saying, God, I, I want to follow you. I want salvation today. I need to receive the gift today that God wants to give. And I want to receive all that he has. Just right where you're standing, lift up your hand as high as heaven as you can get it. Raise it up high. And if I see a hand, I'm going to stop. God bless you. God bless you. Yeah, raise up. Who else? Raise it up. Yes, God bless you. Yeah, praise God. Who else? Come on. Amen. You can put it down now. Anybody else? Just don't miss this. If you haven't raised your hand, God's calling you to him. Don't miss this. Listen, don't stay where you're at when God's calling you into more. Listen, receive it today. You're like, I don't have anything to give. Just bring him your sin. Bring him your struggles. Bring him your shame. And he'll give you an exchange rate. He'll give you his son. Come on. So God, right now, just if you raised up your hand or you're saying, man, that's me. I need to. Just say this. Say, God, I come to you. Oh, I need you. I need what Jesus did for me. I need today what Christ did for me. And I believe, I believe this. I believe Jesus gave his life, resurrected from the grave. I believe he ascended to heaven and is coming again. And I put my faith in you today, Lord. I call on you today, Lord. And I receive you now as my Savior. Thank you again for listening to this message. We hope it's been a source of encouragement for you today. If you need prayer or a lot to support this ministry through giving, stop by faithrenewed.org.